Morning, everyone. Today's reading is um, from 2 John, and that can be found on page 1,229 in Church Bibles. The Elder. To the lady chosen by God and to her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us all in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love, and we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you will walk in love. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out, you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope you visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your sister, who is chosen by God, send their greetings. Thanks, Claire, for reading. Um, do you have that passage open in front of you? It's not, not often we uh, look at a whole book of the Bible on a Sunday morning, um, but we are doing that today. Uh, the good news is there's only 13 verses in it, so um, it, it won't be too long. Um, I think one of the best things about summer is uh, ice cream. Um, in fact, I was away on holiday a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I said to one of my friends I was away with, I said, the best thing about being away for a week on holiday is the excuse to go and buy ice cream every day. Uh, and that I made sure I did. <laughs> you go, when you go into an ice cream shop, uh, you might be presented with something like that, an array of different flavors of ice cream. And it's quite overwhelming. Uh, and inevitably, there will be flavors that you're particularly drawn to. Uh, for me, it's pretty much anything involving chocolate or caramel-type flavors. Uh, but then there'll, be, then there'll be flavors that you're probably never going to touch. Um, for, for, for me, it's mint choc chip. I hope that's not too controversial uh, this morning. When it comes to being a Christian, I wonder if 
it's a bit like going into an ice cream shop. That's how we think of it. And choosing the flavor of Christianity that we like best. There's bits of the Christian faith that we absolutely love. Love that Christianity is all about that. And there's bits that maybe we don't love so much. And two of those things are in this letter that the Apostle John writes. They are are love and truth. And they're mentioned a lot uh, in this short little letter. And it might be that we view them as kind of opposite things. Some of us might absolutely love that Christianity is all about love. And so we go out of our way to love other people as best as we can. We make meals for people. We volunteer for a food bank. We love that Christianity is about love. It's all rather nice, isn't it? And then some of us will, will love that Christianity is about truth. We love the truth of the Bible. We want to get stuck into reading the Bible, read all the books we can, go to hear all the sermons uh, and Bible studies we can, go to conferences and just just make sure we're, we're getting our truth, our theology correct. But John says the two go hand in hand. Truth and love go together. Without love, you just kind of have some academic exercise. And without truth, you just have a nice idea from a nice man who lived many years ago. But John wants to see that, wants to say to us that truth and love go together. And John here, he's writing to a church. That might not have been obvious to us as we were hearing it read. It does start a little bit like a strange kind of love letter. Uh, Verse 1 says, The elder to the lady chosen by God and to her children whom I love in the truth. But it definitely seems to be a church he's writing to. Uh, In the New Testament, the church is known as the bride of Christ. There's a, a she. And so he writes to this church and calls it a lady, loved and chosen by God. And as for children, he's referring to individual church members in this church. And it's um, set in a church where, background where there were false teachers that had gone out into the world. Verse 7 talks about deceivers. We'll get there uh, a little bit later. The people who denied the truth that Jesus came in the flesh. And they're out to deceive people. They don't love people with what they claim to be the truth that they are preaching. And I think we can probably resonate with that a little bit in Hove 2022. We live amongst people who, who may not say that Jesus came in the flesh. And if they do, they wouldn't say, they wouldn't believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation, the only way to have life forever with God. We live in a world that actually says, live your truth, be true to yourself. Believe whatever you want to believe. The idea of Jesus being the only true way of salvation is offensive to people. And that can be disheartening and discouraging. 
Uh, we love Jesus, we follow him, but we see so many that don't. Well, let's let John's letter this morning it encourage us to keep going, walking in the truth of the gospel. And to keep going, walking in love for one another. John says to this church that he writes to, Dear church, keep loving each other. Keep walking in the truth. And he says to us, Dear Bishop Huntington Church, keep loving each other. Keep walking in the truth. So first of all, keep walking in love for each other. People that we love in life, uh, we probably share some sort of connection with. Uh, for instance, I, I love my brother. We're very different people, but I, I love him because we share the same parents. We've had the same upbringing. Uh, he's flesh and blood. We love each other because of that. Uh, the friends that I have in my life uh, are through things like shared experiences or studying together, living together, shared interests. We love each other because we have that thing in common together. But John says, John wants us to to love people in the church. And maybe we find it easy to love some people in the church, people a bit like us, those fellow parents in, in scramblets. Uh, those people that we get to spend Thursday mornings with at Cameo uh, are, are the same age and stage of, of life as we are. But John is writing to a whole church family and he says to them, verse 4, it has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, dear church, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. John wants us as a church family to love one another. Whether we're at the same stage in life, whether we're like each other, whether we feel very different from one another. Because you may well be sitting here thinking, we, we know that we should love each other. It says it here. It says it in the Bible. We know that's true. But love is hard, especially when people seem very different from, from me. The young parents with, with two small children may feel very different to the retired couple who, who, who like quiet walks and cups of tea and country holidays. And they may feel very different from the shy, single 30-year-old who loves video games and superhero films. And they may feel very different from the 17-year-old student who's studying for their A-levels and spends lots of time on social media. How do we love each other when we feel so different? Well, I think we've got two motivations in this passage. First of all, we're, we're motivated by what we have in common with one another. John begins this letter explaining his love for the church. And he says that love is in the truth. It's the truth of the gospel which motivates him to love them. Because as a church family together, we are united together by Jesus. Jesus who has come to save us. Uh, 
And it's him that brings us together. And it's because of Jesus that we're going to get to spend forever together in the new creation. And so everyone in this room who is a Christian, we have something far more in common than we, with each other than a love for dogs, for walks, for boats, for Lego, for coffee. We have something so special in common with each other. It's the Lord Jesus. Some of the people that I, I love most in life are here in this room and they don't share my love for Marvel superheroes and playing Rocket League on the Xbox. You probably don't know what that is. But they do share the love for Jesus that I have. We have been called and chosen together by God in Christ Jesus to be part of a Christian community. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's our first motivation to love each other, what we have in common, Jesus. And second motivation, we're motivated by another love. Verse 6. John says this, and this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. John says being obedient to God is a way we demonstrate our love for God. Because we have been so loved by God. We have been chosen by God. There is no greater love than being loved by God. Jesus says this, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's the love that we have been loved with. Jesus laid down his life for us. There is no greater love than that. And so we hear this command given by the Lord Jesus. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John hasn't made this command up here in this passage. He's got it from the Lord Jesus himself. Jesus wants us to be a community of people who love one another because we have been so loved by the Lord Jesus. When we love someone, we show it in our actions. We choose to spend time with someone. It's motivated by love for them. And as we display this love for one another, people should see our love for Jesus. Jesus at work in us, as he helps us to love. As he gives us his Holy Spirit, which lives in us to to grow that good fruit of love in our lives, to help us to be obedient to this command, to love one another. Jesus wants us to be a community of people who love each other because of the great love Jesus has shown to us. 
So how, how do we love each other? It can be a hard thing to do. But we have these great motivations. And maybe if, if it's something you find hard to love others in the church family, why not start off by saying, Lord, I'm sorry that I, I don't, I struggle to love people in my church family. I'm sorry because of the love that Jesus has shown to me. And so help me, God, show me who I can love today. Pray that when we come to church. Pray, who can I love today? Maybe it's just by going to sit with someone in the church family. Maybe we've spotted someone's not been at church for a few weeks. Maybe send them a message. See how they're doing. See how you can love them and serve them. Let's love one another. Ask God, who can I love today? Because Jesus has loved me so much. John says, dear church, keep walking in love for one another. And as we love one another, we'll help each other to keep walking in the truth. See, John asks them to love each other because, verse 7, because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. And so John wants us to keep walking in the truth. When I was uh, younger, I remember learning uh, to cross the road. Uh, Mom or dad would make sure that we, we stood with them, that, that we looked both ways, uh, that we listened to make sure it was safe to cross over. Because it would be irresponsible of my parents to say to six-year-old Daniel, uh, just go for it, son. See what happens. And John here is concerned for these children of God, that they watch out not for an approaching car, but for deceivers. Uh, People who deny that Jesus has ever come in the flesh. And if they're denying that, they deny the cross and resurrection. They deny the way, true way of salvation. John is concerned because this is dangerous. Verse 9 says, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. This could cause great harm. It's like John's holding up this big red warning sign, danger ahead. Do not go any further. Otherwise you may fall. Teaching that leads people away from Jesus. Therefore, it's dangerous. Don't go any further. And John even takes it as far as saying, don't let them into your own home, verse 10. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. 
Don't show hospitality to them. Don't, don't associate with them. John is not saying to us here this morning that we mustn't invite our non-Christian friends and family who don't believe in Jesus over for dinner later. He's not saying that. But what he is saying that if anyone comes into the church and stands here and preaches to you something other than Jesus alone who saves, then don't have anything to do with them. Don't even let them into your home and feed them. Why? Verse 11, anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. It's wicked. They're claiming to come and speak truth. But actually they're leading people away from Jesus and towards death and hell. Rather than to Jesus and to life forever. I don't know if you ever uh, find yourself um, seeing spam emails, messages. A few months ago, I was with some family and um, someone showed me a text they'd received saying a parcel uh, was uh, due to be delivered um, and it looked like it was from the post office. She was expecting a parcel from Canada. And so she asked me to have a look. And so I had a look and, and we started going through it. And it started asking for a, her bank details. And suddenly alarms were ringing in my head about scams and things that I'd heard on TV. It sounded dangerous. She got out her card to give it to me to write in her bank details. But I had to, in love, say, say, no, I don't think we should do this. This sounds wrong. There's elements of truth here, but it doesn't seem right. And in the church, we we must remain walking in the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth revealed to us in this book. Remain firm on that and then in love, love for one another, speak the truth into each other's life. To help each other to stay following Jesus. To keep walking in the truth and not be led away by some deceitful teaching. Love and truth, they go hand in hand together. Think of Jesus. If if Jesus came with just truth to say without love, uh, we'd be condemned to death. And if Jesus came with just love and without truth to speak, we'd have no idea that we're sinners who need rescuing. Love and truth go hand in hand together. And so let's seek to love one another. And as we do so, let's keep walking in the truth. By coming together here on Sunday mornings, we we get to help each other do this. We get to help each other in love walk in the truth. In every service, we sing great songs with great words of truth. We sing them first in praise to God, but then we sing them to each other. 
As we hear our voices joining in in song, we've done it this morning already. Our voices calling each other to lift our eyes to God seated on his throne. We've sung that that creed song, reminding each other of the truths uh, that we as a church believe, that Christians around the world believe, that Christians through the centuries have believed. Truths that we must keep walking in. We're going to sing in a few minutes of how there is only one name that can save us. The name of Jesus. So sing, sing loudly. Sing in praise to God, but sing too. To help one another to remain walking in the truth, in love for your brothers and sisters here in Christ. And when the service ends and through the week, let's let's make sure we, we are talking to each other. Reminding each other of the truths that we have heard it from the Bible. And those things we do because we love one another. In Christianity, love and truth go hand in hand in a world that does not love the truth of the gospel. The truth that there is only one way to be saved. And so we need to be together. We need to stand strong together as a community of love, walking in the truth that saves us. So that we don't get led astray by people who are out to deceive, out to lead us away from Jesus. And it it just might be that you've been here this morning and and you don't yet know Jesus as your saviour. But as you're here, there there is something that you're attracted to. There, There is a sense of love for one another. This comes not from ourselves. It comes from Jesus, the one who loves us so, so much that he would die for us. The truth is that on our own we do wrong, and on our own without Jesus we're heading for death and destruction. But Jesus has come to bring sinful people to find life forever with him. And as he does that, he brings us together as a church, as a community who are seeking to love each other. That's the difference. That's the transformation that Jesus, that the truth of the gospel makes. And so if this is something you want to be part of, come to God. Say you're sorry for your sins and thank him that Jesus has died for you then you can be fully part of this this community of people who seek to love one another and seek to walk in the truth of the gospel together. Dear church, dear Bishop Hannington Church family, let's keep walking in the truth of the gospel, the truth that saves us, the truth that motivates us to keep walking in love for one another. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We praise you so much for the truth of the gospel. That Jesus really did come in the flesh. 
that he had such great love that he would go to the cross and die for us. Father, we thank you that that truth is what we stand on. That truth saves us. And because of that truth and love that we see in Jesus, we pray that you'd help us here to be a community of people that loves one another and remains walking in the truth. We need your help, God. So help us, we pray. Amen.